In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It's a conversation that has become increasingly more common. In fact, it's a conversation I've had with clergy colleagues at every conference, workshop, or class that I've attended at least for the last five years. And sitting in a Virginia Episcopal Retreat Center a couple of weeks ago at a table full of pastors at a preaching workshop was no different. What kind of sermons do I preach, she asked. When my congregation has 10 years at the most before they close their doors. Someone else sitting at the table asked another question. Will I be able to retire as a pastor? Or should I be preparing for another career? Another at the table mourned. I love everything about the church. The sights, the sounds, the smells, and I can't bear to watch it be left behind. It's a similar concern that I hear from many lay people in various congregations, including this one. We need more young families with children, I hear. If our church is mostly people in retirement, who will be sitting here in 20 years? People are concerned about the future of the church. And it's no wonder why, if you've looked at church statistics in recent years, the findings are eye-opening. There was a recent Guardian article that reported that while in 1972, 92% of Americans identified as Christians... By the year 2070, that number will will be less than half, less than 50% of Americans. In the Episcopal Church, the numbers are even more staggering. While there were 3.4 million Episcopalians in the 1960s, today there's less than half of that. And if we continue that rate, by 2050, there may be no Episcopal Church. So, is this the end? Has the church come to the final years of its life? Are we experiencing an ecclesial apocalypse? Well, I find that when talking about the end, it's always helpful to think back to the beginning. And it just so happens the church was founded on an apocalypse, as we see in our gospel passage today, though in a much truer sense of the word. For the word apocalypse doesn't actually mean catastrophic end like we often use it today. In the Greek, the word apocalypse means revelation. And the church was founded on a revelation. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, Jesus says. For flesh and blood has not revealed, apocalypse, this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, which means rock. 
And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Jesus is speaking here to Peter after asking him and the other disciples a question. Who do you say that I am? And they answered, the people believe him to be some kind of prophet that has returned. But who do you say I am, Jesus asked. And that's when Peter gave voice to the revelation. The revelation on which the church was founded. You are Christ, the son of the living God. When all the people around them following Jesus believed Jesus to be holy, to be special, to be someone sent by God, Peter recognized that Jesus was more than simply sent by God. He was the very presence of God among them. Peter affirmed that in Jesus, God walked among them. It was a revelation, an apocalypse, about the nature of who God was in Jesus. God was not some far-off deity looking down occasionally upon humanity. God is someone intimately involved in the daily lives of humanity. That God is someone that comes alongside of them and shares in their joys and pains, their celebrations and sufferings in Jesus, God walks with humanity. And it was out of this reality, out of this revelation, that the church was called into existence. Upon this rock, upon Peter, in this revelation, I will build my church. My church. The, word, the Greek word here for church, ecclesia, actually means called out. The church is the people who have been called out to carry the sacred revelation that in Jesus, God walks among us. And so these two things, the church and the revelation that God walks among us, the church and the revelation that God walks among us are intimately tied together. They're inseparable. And so in my mind, as we think about the statistics and the future of the church and our society, the question I have is this. Does God still walk among us? Yes, Jesus ascended into heaven, and no, we can't see Jesus the same way that Peter could see Jesus in front of him, but is Jesus still intimately involved in our lives? Does Jesus live? Is God still walking among us? Because if Jesus still lives, the church is called to live. If Jesus is still walking with us, then the church is called to walk the earth. The destiny of the church is intimately tied to the destiny of Christ. And as long as Christ is in this world, the church will in some form endure. 
Now, it may change. It may find itself living in new contexts and new historical moments. It may have to be stretched and challenged to find new ways of carrying out its mission. And that is hard work. That will require us to let go of some things. But as long as Christ is in this world, the gates of Hades will not prevail over the church. For the church was built on the revelation of God among us, and God is still among us. We can see God among us here at Good Shepherd as we prepare for a new chapter in our ministry, in our search for a new rector. And while we've not been untouched by the national trends, we have some incredible things happening here. In some ways, the impact of Good Shepherd on this community has never been greater. We're assisting more people than ever experiencing food insecurity. Our school has the largest enrollment of students in our history. Our online presence is allowing us to reach people we never would have reached before. There are people coming into this congregation all the time. It's wonderful. Exciting things are happening. Jesus is present here. God is walking among us. The church lives. And we certainly have challenges ahead of us. We certainly find ourselves called to adapt and change. We've already been adapting and changing, particularly through the context of, of COVID and the pandemic. And we will continue to adapt and change as we face this radical shift in, in culture that is happening right now. But we do have a future. The future is bright and we are thriving. And so as we reflect on the national trends regarding the decline of the church, we have to keep in perspective that as long as Jesus is alive and well, the church is called to live. Statistics and numbers are very important because they shed light on the context in which we live out our mission. But let our attention to statistics not give way to defeatism. Because as long as Jesus lives, the gates of Hades shall not prevail. And as bearers of the revelation of God among us, we are called to live. We are called to live. The church is called to live. So let us live. Amen.